So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, have I said thank you recently for taking the time to listen to my podcast, to push us into the top 100 on iTunes? It means the world to me. I have a request. If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, this will be, the, I think, maybe the second time I've actually said to somebody on my podcast, will you please subscribe? I don't care where you listen, iTunes, wherever. It's all good by me. I'm just really just grateful that you're willing to do it. So, hey, today's going to be a really cool show. I, I've been kind of nerding out on this person for a while. It is something that has always been in my heart. It's always something that I have always understood that if you, if you really thoughtfully think about the people you love, you respect, or the people you want to do business with, there is this strategy that you could send them something thoughtful, send them something meaningful. And as I say that, I know you might be saying, oh, is this like just another law of reciprocity place or, uh, you know, uh, I'm giving to receiving you know, maybe, maybe you could interpret it that way. The times in my life when I look back and, for example, got the relationship with the uh, CEO of Cole Banker, we were tweeting back and forth. We were talking about music. I had asked him what his top five or six records were. I quickly went out to one of my artist buddies and said, could you take these nine albums, put them into a giant frame, and I want to ship it to him. And I just shipped it to him as a complete random thought. And of course, you know, two days later, I, my phone's ringing. Fairy, this is the single greatest gift anyone's ever given me. I have 5,000 records. I have each one of those records, but I never thought about actually putting it into a box and a frame like this. Thank you so much, Budge Husky at the time, CEO, now CEO of another company down in Florida. My intent wasn't like, how can I get Budge as a client? My intent was, we both have an appreciation for music. We were tweeting about it. And I thought, you know, that's just a cool thing to do. Like, and I got a friend who does that work. So voila. Now, all of that is just a lead up to the extraordinary John Ruland, who is the world's leading authority. Listen to this, my friends, on maximizing customer loyalty. Holy shit, maximizing customer loyalty. I am in, right? Through radical generosity, he's been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, New York Times. He's been blowing up all over the place. I have listened to his audiobook three times now, and I'm just super excited that he's joining us. So, John, welcome to the podcast. Tom, oh, man, that, man, I'm floating. You got me, you know, that story uh, is, wow. You, you're a giftologist, man. What can I say? Like, I, I mean, we could just drop the mic right there and be like, you know, go take action. Well, we're going to dig deep. But before I do, this is the first time I've ever said to one of my clients who really gets this, who also has read the book multiple times and really built part of her, her entire marketing campaign, John, around this, uh, Glenda Baker, who was on a podcast with us a couple of weeks ago, which many of you saw, we're talking about listing strategies. So what's up, GB? Welcome to another podcast. Thank you so much, Tom. I am so excited to be here. I literally am just, oh, I'm like fangirling all over the place with both of you. I love it. I love it. So, so look, I know all the listeners out there, John, whether they've read your book, if you haven't read the book, 
get the audio. I listen to it at like 1.75 speed and I just listen to it over and over and over and over. And every time I do, I pull away new nuggets. And truthfully, John, I also say to myself, OMG, I'm doing some stuff wrong with my gifting strategy, right? Like the, the conversation around, uh, you know, hey, if you send alcohol as a gift, there's a pretty good chance like some people don't drink. I was like, rut row. <laughs> I've made that mistake, but I'm getting ahead of myself. John, for the people that have never listened to you, haven't seen you on a podcast or a YouTube video or maybe at a live performance, um, could you back up and maybe just explain, like, give us your backstory. Who are you? And then let's talk about Cutco because I know that was a big part of, you know, where you cut your chops and teeth on, a, on your entrepreneurial ship. But give us your background. Like, who are you? Where are you from? What's the story? Yeah, yeah. So the, the short version is I'm, a, I'm an Ohio farm boy. I grew up milking goats. Uh, one of six kids on 47 acres about on a town of 417 people. My mom's one of 13 kids. I got 67 first cousins. So uh, I grew up lower middle income. Like I was definitely not the kid with the, uh, the British Knights, if you remember those, or the Jordans. Yeah. Yeah. I was the kid with like the Spaldings or like the Miters. So I grew up, you know, basically wanting to go achieve something because I, you know, when you grow up with nothing, you want to go out and do something. And so my mom was into health and wellness. I thought I'd go be a doctor or a chiropractor because she was into like the holistic thing 40 years ago before it was cool and hip and right. whole foods. Right. Um, so I went to go to, uh, to undergrad and my life changed because of a mentor. One of my, I was dating a girl, her dad was an attorney and he was a rainmaker. And uh, when you're poor, you notice when people are generous. Yes. And I was like, Paul would do like these crazy things. Like he'd find a deal on noodles and everybody at church the next Sunday would walk away with like 20 cases. And I'm like, I get your supply. And I'm like, Paul, that was like 40 G's. Are you nuts? And it wasn't tactical for him. It wasn't like, I'm going to do this now. I better get referrals or I better get deals. It's just who he was at a heart level. Right. And because of that, like he owned the real estate that became the Walmart. He owned all these things. And because he was just this kind hearted, generous person. And so uh, I, to pay for med squad, a desperation, I went and sold Cutco, the knife company. And my mom literally said, John, I've owned Cutco for 40 years. It's awesome. But none of our friends can afford this. You're never going to not even sell one set. Yeah. And I'm like, mom, that's not the pep talk I'm looking for here. Like, <laughs> yeah. thanks coach. Um, Put me in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but I pitched Paul. Cause I, you know, he, he liked nice things. And I thought maybe he'll have mercy on me. He buys a set for his three unmarried daughters and himself. And he comes to me and says, John, this is this cl like classic Paul. He's like, I want to help you hit your goals, but I don't know what else I can buy from you. So I come back at him a week later, I'm pitching him for the second time in a week. You know, these knives, that's a weird conversation. You're pitching your girlfriend's dad knives once really weird twice is like beyond awkward. So I'm sweating and he changed my life forever because I said, Paul, all your clients are men. They're into hunting, fishing, outdoors. They're like CEOs of companies. And uh, would you consider buying these $100 pocket knives? And uh, he got this little twinkle in his eyes, probably 60 at the time. He's like, John, I don't want to buy a pocket knife. This guy wore pairing knives. And this is 20 years ago. And uh, I'm like, you want to buy a bunch of dudes, like CEOs of million and billion dollar companies, like a kitchen tool? That's weird. Why? And he changed my life forever. He said, John... The reason I have more referrals, access, deal flow, everything is because I take care of the family first and everything else seems to take care of itself. So for me, it's this lightning bolt moment. Right. And um, I, I realized it really wasn't about the knife, the stupid knife. To this day, we still do millions of dollars in Cutco, but the knife is a delivery vehicle for an emotion. And Paul understood it wasn't about reciprocity. It was about showing up for people. And so I started to, to learn from Paul these, what I now call giftology, but it all started from this country attorney literally 
you know, 20 years ago. And so by the time I was a senior in college, we were the number one out of about 2 million reps Cutco's worked with. We became their number one distributor in the history of the company by applying what I now call Gathology. I love it, man. So, so succinct, but also so many nuggets. So, so Glenda, what are you thinking when you hear this? I mean, you know, you and I both, I, you maybe did the book, I did the audio. What are you thinking right now? So I think that John really exemplifies kind of my philosophy, and that is to gift, to impact, not to impress. Yeah. And I think that that's really where the key, I think that, that when you're gifting to someone and like he talks about, you know, making the family, reaching out to the family, reaching people emotionally, people do business with people they're familiar with, with people they know, like, and trust. And I think that when you gift to impact, that it builds that rapport, it moves you from service provider into relationship and in relationship is where conversion happens. I agree. I agree. John, does that sound like what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I sell, we own a gifting agency and wrote a book called Giftology. And I, and I, I tell people my opening volley when I'm on stage is nobody cares about gifts. Nobody, I, nobody wakes up at 4 a.m. to do their miracle morning. Like, man, if I just had a gifting strategy, my business would hundred X. Right. But we'd all say, whether you're a solopreneur, whether you're an author, speaker, trainer, widget manufacturer, real estate, everything rises and falls on relationships. Yes. Relationship with your clients, your suppliers, relationships with your spouse, your kids, your mentors, your advisors, your investors. Even like, I remember I, we spoke at Google and somebody raised their hand like, John, does this work in technology? And I laughed. I was like, are there human beings here? Yes. And they laughed kind of nervously and said, yeah, like 60,000 of them. I'm like, then it works. God's wired us a certain way. And we get so like, oh, I got to do the right widget, the right gift, the right. Like, it's not about the stupid promotional products. Like that's not a gift. No. But when you show up for somebody, whether that's tangibly, whether that's with a handwritten note, whether that's with a video, whether that's a referral, like those are all love. Like my, one of my mentors is Gary Chapman from the five love languages. Yes. And people are like, what if their love language isn't gifts? I'm like, we all want love. Now, if yes. you can take and combine a bunch of them, like, and that's why I've been talking to Gary about is writing the book, The Five Love Languages for Business. Because I feel like if you give somebody a gift, that's the delivery vehicle, that's the tangible. But what if you hand wrote the note and then you hand delivered it in person? And that like, there's ways that you can multiply the impact. And because people's ex expectations in business are so low, because everybody does swag and trinkets and tchotchkes and gift cards and stupid stuff, and then wonders why they don't get referrals, they're doing transactional things versus pouring into the relationship just because. So when you say relationship and impact versus like impressing people, like Glenda, you get it, like you're living it. Like, but very, so many people say, John, I did giftology and it didn't work. And I'm like, did you follow the recipe? And they're like, well, maybe I did giftology-ish. And I'm like, imagine you're baking bread. You can bake it a hundred thousand times, but if you don't put yeast in, I don't care how many times you do it, it's not gonna work. You're not gonna get bread. And so people cut corners and they do things the wrong way. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. Like there's a set psychology to this. This isn't just random ad hoc stuff. So, so do us a favor and just, you know, I had a near IL on my, uh, my podcast. I don't know. I think right before the pandemic or right at, right as his uh, indistractable book was coming out. And I literally just said to him near, do me a favor. I mean, he's, he's a pal. I'm like, you're brilliant. Just do your speech right now. And he like literally did like 30 minutes of the entire book. I'm not asking you to do that. But what is the strategy? Give us, give us the, like, if someone's never read the book and, the, and they're not in a position to, to buy a book, who knows? But they're listening to this. It's free on iTunes. And they're like, okay, tell me, what is the strategy? What are the tactics? Talk to us. Yeah. 
So before you buy the book, go download our entire playbook, our blueprint, our strategy on building a relationship plan. Giftology system is free. Right. And it it's like what we took 20 years to develop. It's like a color by numbers. It's like step one. Most people's step one is what gift do I want to give? They right. focus on the what. That's the seventh step. Yeah. I don't yeah. care what you're giving if you don't understand the who. who? The who is more important than the what. So, so understanding who your key relationships are and what do they care about? Well, most of them care about the inner circle. What's the inner circle? What's the people around them that they love? Could be their assistant, could be their spouse, could be their kids, their pets, their team. Right. Most people, like we just got on Vaynerchuk's show to be interviewed. Guess who I didn't gift? I didn't gift Gary. I didn't take care of Gary. Gary gets stuff all the time. He's got a whole right. shelf, you know, four football fields wide of all the crap that people send him. It's yeah. cool. You want to get on Gary's radar? Who do you take care of? You take care of the people around him, his team, his marketing team, his other people. Right. Gary didn't invite me on. His team invited me on. Right. So, so many people, and it took six years, by the way, I never <laughs> asked to be on the show. Most people don't understand the idea of playing the long game. When I, when I lay out a relationship plan, people are like, John, you know, I, I, how long till I get results? And I'm like, if you don't commit to three years of doing this, don't come on board Giftology. Don't hire our agency or don't even go do it. Because the worst thing you can do, like people say they played the long game, but they played in days, not decades. Yeah. If you're going to play this game, it's a decades game. And that's where I saw in Paul, my original mentor, I was like, he's 60. He's been doing this for 40 years. The reason he gets some referrals or something that he did 21 years ago. And I saw it because he, he just consistently showed up for people. So when I was 20, I'm now 40. I turned 40 last year during the pandemic was supposed to be in, you know, doing March Madness in Vegas with buddies relaxing, watching. And that, that kind of got blown to smithereens. But I was like, I got 40 years to get there. I'm going to, I'm going to make deposits, relational deposits with people. And so understanding the who, understanding that it's a long game, like in, and part of that long game is timing matters. I tell people all the time, like most people do gifts at transactional times. You give me a referral. Here's your bottle of wine. You say you're in the relationship business, but the only times you give gifts are at expected obligatory times. You get a deal done, the closing gift. Those are, it's like, it's like only taking care of your spouse, your wife. Like if I only show up for my wife on Valentine's day, birthday, and Christmas, I don't earn brownie points. Those are table stakes. Right. And if you right. do a closing gift as a realtor, as a mortgage broker, that's cool. But it, you want to really blow somebody away, start sending like one of the builders that we've worked with for 16 years, they do this fun basket, whatever else we don't even do it for them. They do it on their own. They build custom homes. We send them a, like a $800 knife set on month six. Why? Because they think they got the transaction done, they moved in, they're whatever else. And all of a sudden, this love bomb shows up six months later, or 12 months later. They're like, I thought the builder forgot about me and they're still loving on me. So people think like, oh, like I, I have to do this to get a referral. No, like you need to consistently show up for people in month 12 and in year three and in year five and year 10, because there's compounding interest where somebody sees you showing up over and over again. And Vaynerchuk talked about it with his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. Right, right. It's really, that's give, 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 give some more. And then you earn the right to maybe ask. Most people give then ask. Yeah. And so when they're following this playbook of like who and timing and, and how to, do, you know, like what amount should you be reinvesting? Like, that's another thing. Like most people think, John, you're just like, woo, woo. Like you just spend money on gifts. I'm like, no, I'm reinvesting a percentage of net profit. Everything we do in business should have metrics. But when you're playing the long game, I'm, I'm saying, you should be reinvesting five to 15% of net profits back into people to keep them, to grow them. And eventually over time, you inspire them 
You don't bribe them. You inspire them to go be your sales force. I, I, one of my clients, I, I, my opening story in the book is Cameron Harold, the, the $7,000 Brooks Brothers story. Yeah. I, so we I do $7,000 Brooks Brothers. It's like, yeah. I, I, you know, like I found out he loved Brooks Brothers. We bought the whole store and put it in his room in, in Ritz Carlton. Most people would stop there and then ask for the referral. Yeah. I didn't ask for anything other than his time. I wanted him to mentor me. And so for the next 10 years, I continued to send him. I sent him every knife Cutco made. I, I probably sent $15,000 worth of knives, leather goods, wine tools, you name it. I ran out of things to give him. And people were like, John, why'd you do that? Why would you spend 25 grand on one person over and over again? Like, why didn't you stop there? And I said, well, if I wanted to get Cameron as a sales rep for me, if I offered him $2 million a year, he wouldn't take the job. I invest 25 grand over a decade and every client that he has, he sends my way. Not because he's being paid to, but because I loved on him, no strings attached. And over time, you realize I want to be in this guy's corner. Yeah, I like John. I trust John. I want John to win. And that's where people don't understand. This is not a give to get. This is a go and love on people. And you know, based upon your faith-based bent or whatever else, we know that if we do that, the way the world's wired, it will come back to us in yes. different ways whether that's because of faith or because of just how the world's wired, but it might take a decade and it might not even be that person. It might be their brother. And so we, we get too tied up into it better show up on my balance sheet within three months and they ruin it. So when we say commit to three years, that's a minimum. Most people, they follow the shiny object, they do the thing and then they're on to the next thing. And they don't realize that really what they communicated was I was just doing a tactic. I was, I'm going to show up as, as daddy Warbucks. And then I'm going to go back six months later to be an Ebenezer Scrooge. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It actually, you're spending money to harm your relationships when you do it that way. So I want to, I want to interject. I almost like for all my friends out there listening, I have been on YouTube since 2007, giving everything I do away for free and never asking people to sign up for an event, hire us as a coach. It's just, so when you're saying this, there's a lot of different ways that you can give my friends. You can give in your wisdom. You can give in your mentorship. You can give in helping their kids get into college, right? Like writing a letter to your, you know, your alum. Like there's, I, I don't want you to just think monetarily, right? Is that John? I mean, Glenda, actually, I'm going to go to Glenda. Glenda, like, what are you, what are you thinking right now? I'm just, what, what's, what's on your mind? You're sitting here with like the king of giftology. What are you thinking about? So, well, I, John talks a lot about, a lot about surprise and delight and planned random. Yeah. He also talks a lot about knowing the person that you're gifting. And I think that, I think that those are three things that, that people don't think about. I think they think that, oh, I'm going to give this, I'm going to get that. Yep. And they look at it as an expense, not an investment. And I think that you miss the boat when you gift what you like, not what they like. Yep. I think that you miss the boat when it is quick pro quo. Like, I'm going to give it to you. You're going to give it back to me. Um, but I think that the most important thing is moving from, especially in real estate, moving from being a service provider to in relationship. And for me, that's my whole goal. And I think that you do that in life events. And I think that that's during the times that you have the opportunity to compliment, congratulate, or console someone and showing up for them then is what moves you into that relationship with them. And I think that gifting within a relationship automatically is that moves you from the days to decades. I mean, it's just, and you love it and you enjoy it and you don't feel like you're having to do it and they don't feel an obligation to give something back. They do it naturally and move from a passive referral 
to a passionate referral. John, it sounds like she's read your book. What do you think? <laughs> but this is, this is her love language. This is how she operates. Like a, you know, a, a giftology bureau of people to go out and, I mean, you're already like evangelizing, you're advocating, you're doing it. Everything you're talking about is, I mean, the surprise and delight matters. People think, well, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just going to give gifts at, you know, like these times, birthday, Christmas, whatever else, like. We all like, I don't care if you're a billionaire, like I've seen billionaires cry receiving the right gift. And it's not because they can't afford it. It's because we all like most surprises in life aren't good ones. <laughs> it's like, but when somebody takes the time to think of you and not just like people are like, John, well, I sent the birthday card. It's a thought that counts. I'm like, that's BS. That's an excuse to give a lame gift or a lame, whatever. Like it's the thoughtful thought. Like we can tell when somebody has thought about us and, and what we need or like, or our kids, our pets, or whatever. Also, the personalization and the surprise element, when you mix all of that together, like, you're right, it takes it from just being this like passive thing to where somebody, we can all tell when somebody, if you, hey, who's your realtor? That's a different thing to, I need to go, I want this person to win. I'm going to go find and bring up conversations, sometimes even awkwardly, and go send business. And Tim Ferriss has talked about this, like the difference of like having 100 true fans, a hundred raving fans is more powerful than a million followers, you know, on Instagram. Why? Because you have a hundred people that are going out there and like, I call it active loyalty, like passive loyalty is where people sit on their hands as an employer, as a client, they, they're kind of just along for the ride. If somebody asks them something. Yeah. They'll refer business. You get somebody who's an actively loyal relationship. It's like what you would do for your kids. You're actively loyal for your kids. You'll run through walls to make sure they get into the school that they need to, that yeah. they get onto the team. You're actively loyal for your family. And when you can get that, I mean, that's, you know, you talked about like, you know, the, the, or I brought up the Cameron thing. I didn't get into the math equation. 25 grand has produced seven figures. The return on relationship is 50X. People say, well, John, I do Facebook ads. I get a two or three X return. I'm like, that's cool. That's awesome. Show me where you can get a 50X return on relationship. You can't. There's no other marketing thing on the planet that's, that's better than inspiring your warm relationships to go be actively loyal, to be passionately referring you business. They're just not because human beings, the word of mouth, even in 2021, we still trust people. If anything, because of all the digital noise, the centers of influence and people out there that are sending you know, opportunities are even more like people are like, oh, referrals are going away because of digital and whatever else. I'm like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like we're, we're so overwhelmed with so much stuff even more so now we're reaching out to people wanting and realizing like, like the human to human connection, especially during, like we realized in 2020 with how, like people are craving that intimacy and that relationship because we missed it. We, re we realized we took it for granted. And so I think even more so in 2021 and beyond, like the, the human to human like connection is, is so powerful. And, and we've, we've forgotten that. And, and most people don't have a strategy. There's no MBA course at MIT teaching you how to do this. And so most people are sheep and they look around and say, well, they do, they do Starbucks gift cards. I guess that's a good idea. And we just follow. And we don't realize, like I, I had somebody who's a, a big financial guy reach out, text me. He's like, dude, we got to, re we referred business to this realtor and my boss, who's the referral person, he got a, a $10 you know, gift card to the coffee shop that he actually owns. That was his thank you gift for sending a million dollar referral. Yeah. Like, are you, I mean, it's, they spent money to annoy and piss off 
one of their most valuable relationships. I mean, that's just a horrible investment. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about mistakes to avoid, but I want to share just a, something, something that I have done that I found to be super effective is if everybody right now, listen, grab your phone, go on Instagram, look at all the photos that you have, that you love the memories. And I started doing this like four or five years ago where I would just, I would go to someone that I, that I love. I appreciate like, what do you get for the person that you know, that has everything right? Like that, that typical scenario, you know what you do? I would just go to their Instagram page, find the photo of them with their daughter, then with their grandson walking on the beach, this magical photo that had like no hearts and no likes because nobody else had context for it and go to mixed tiles and turn it into like an eight by eight and just send it to them. Like this photo totally moved me. And like literally I, I can't, I can't say the name of the guy I did it to recently. He was, he literally called me and just said, dude, you have no idea. He's like, I get shit all the time. Just sent to me. He's like, that was so rad. Just it, like giftology. It was like uh, not giftology, mix, mixed tiles. I think it was right. And then the other one is I've gotten the same thing. See, there you go. Right. So Glenn is doing the same thing. So, so I want everybody just to listen, like you got to think out of the box, who, who is that key relationship playing the long game? You already answered one of my questions, five to 15%. Is that the budget? Cause I wanted to share. Yeah, we, we go higher than 15%, but you know, most people 5% are like, you know, out of every dollar you get, you get to keep 95, you reinvest five. The fun thing is that that's not just, it's not an expense. No. If you do it well, it should be paying for itself. Five X, 10 X, 15 X over time. Um, sometimes hundred X, but, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, 10% is kind of middle road, 15% on the high end. But I see a lot of professional service firms are like, really? Like I made a million dollars last year. That means I need to invest a hundred to 150,000. I'm like, you get to keep 850 grand. The people you're giving it out to are basically buying their own gift. But, yeah. like, but if you do it the right way, like next year you should make 1.3 yeah. and then the following year should make 1.5. Like it starts to compound. So most people don't, they don't understand basic math. Like if you do investing the right way, it should yeah. pay for itself and then some. Yeah. And again, we're not, we're not talking about your gross. We're talking about your net profit. Net. Right? I don't care. Net people profit. get big numbers all the time. Who cares what, I don't care what anybody's. I bootstrapped the business for 20 years. So I understand like cash flow and yeah. profitability yeah. in a P&L statement. Most people are like, well, I did, you know, $20 billion in origination. Great. What was your net? I don't care the big number. It's cool. It feeds yeah. our ego. I like big numbers too. Yeah. Would you profit? Yeah. Take a percentage of that, reinvest it back in and watch it and watch what happens over the next, you know, three to five years. I love it. All right. Let's talk about mistakes to avoid. Well, what I would say is that almost most people's playbook across the board is, is like when I list off like the 10 worst gifts to avoid giving, you know, like alcohol and food is on there. Yeah. Um, and, there, and it's not that uh -oh, every rule Glenda, that I'm going to list. Hold on, hold on, hold on, John, hold on. <laughs> See, this is why I'm doing this. Uh, I, I'm the co-owner of a bourbon company, a tequila company and a wine company with one of my buddies who's like a legend and just you know stoked to be a part of it. I sent uh, everyone in my new building where I live in Dallas. Everyone got a bottle from us during the holidays of our bourbon. And here's the best part. It showed up beautifully packaged, beautifully designed. And the company that sent it didn't include the note that just said, Hey, from Tom and Kathy Ferry, just want to wish you have a happy holiday, blah, 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 blah. So not only did we send everybody alcohol and there could be some people that don't drink. Oops. We also didn't get a note inside there. So I'm still getting texts from people like, and the, here's the best part. One of the guys is the, he's the, not the CEO, but like the, one of the chief executive officer, blah, 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 something 
of the company that is our distribution. He's like, yeah, I already have one of these. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Epic fail. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Yeah, well, I mean, you spent, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe you had a partnership and got it for free, but at, at, at the end of the day, we don't want to like, when you give something to somebody, you want there to be a net like positive. You want there yeah. to be a ripple effect, even if it's just emotional, like, wow, Tom was thinking yeah. of me. Yeah. So like, you know, if I was tweaking that, I would say, instead of waiting to the holidays when everybody's eating and drinking themselves to death, like we don't allow clients to send gifts between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Ooh. Why? Like I'm a gifting agency. Like you'd think like that's when we make our money. But as an entrepreneur, I want my client to invest a dollar and get $20 back over the next yeah. five years. Yeah. That only happens if it shows up and it's the only thing that shows up that week or that month that's positive. Not if it's one of 70 things sitting on the conference table ready to collapse from all the peanut brittle and brownies and bourbon. I love, and, I love this point in your book. I loved it. It's okay, such a so, simple thing. So, so what would you do? Done- yeah. So I, what I would say is one pair the alcohol. Number one, know that you're, if you're sending alcohol to somebody that they're not in Alcoholics Anonymous or their kids not in rehab or any number of those things. So you need to know the people well enough or avoid alcohol. Mm -hmm. Two, you you get this bottle of Pappy or the bottle of Patron or the bottle of whatever. Let's just say it's their favorite drink. Now they drink it and it's gone. So as a marketer, I'm always measuring cost per impression. Like the billboard, that Facebook mm-hmm. ad, the, mm-hmm. if you send something to somebody that they, the reason that the knives still work, if you use them the right way, the Cutco knives, is if somebody uses something once a day for the next 10 years, that's 3,600 impressions. Yeah. Now where people ruin it is they slam their logo on the front of it. They're dealing exactly. now, if, if you're a entry-level realtor selling $200,000 homes, that's fine. Like most people in that realm you know, if you're part of the, the 90% that are out there, like just getting started, maybe you can't customize everything and do everything at what I would call like a level, you know, a 3.0 level, like sending out Cutco Nizer branded, like fine. But if you're dealing with seven figure earners and you're putting your name or your logo on something, you would never do that. You never go to somebody's wedding and on the beautiful Tiffany's vase, compliments of Tom Ferry. That'd be like, yeah. that'd be the cheesiest Horrible. thing in the world. Horrible. But in business, we do it and we call it marketing. We call it like brand building. If you have a real like relationship with somebody, you make the gift all about them. So even if I'm sending out 10,000 knife sets, you'll never see ruling or giftology on any of them. Yeah. Like we did it for Tony Robbins recently for a client and uh, Pete Vargas, do you know Pete? I don't know if you know Pete or not, but yeah. Um, so Pete strikes a partnership, wants to do something with, with Tony. I said, I said, Pete, we're going to do knives. He's like, really? We're going to send Tony Robbins knives. I'm like, no, nah, check this out. We're going to take this. $5,000 knife set. And we're going to go scrape over the last 40 years, the best words of wisdom that Tony's ever spoken into existence. And all 80 surfaces are going to have carved into it, the words of wisdom that are most meaningful. And then we're going to put it inside a $2,500 wood box that has a video screen built into it. And when he opens this, it's called a strong chest, yeah. opens it up, him and Sage, you're going to pour out your heart and say what his life has meant, his words of wisdom in life. They sent it off four months later, Sage called gushing. Then Pete, we've received a lot of things. 
this is like an instant heirloom. Like we're going to pass this down to our kids or grandkids someday based right. upon not the knives. They can go buy our own knives. It was about what was engraved. Now this is a legacy play. Yep. So, so many times people are like, well, John, I did the, the widget. I gave the, the bourbon or I gave the whatever. It didn't work. And I'm like, did you personalize it to the person so that it lands a certain way with them? Did you put your logo on it? Oh yeah, we put it small. I'm like, you turned an opportunity to deepen a relationship into manipulation, trying to turn them into a billboard. Yeah. If you give a nice enough gift, let's say you're the bourbon. The other thing I would do if you are going to do something that's consumable is pair it with something that's tangible, that's personalized nice. to the family. So if we do a, a bottle of Opus One, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm pairing it with like a $700 wine tool that has their autograph or their family or their, fa their, their mission statement of the family yeah. carved into this piece. So right. every time they're opening all of their competitors' bottles of wine, they're thinking most deeply about the person who gave them this crazy, you know, wine key that they didn't even know existed that now is an artifact of the relationship now is an, is an heirloom that they're like, wow, like subconsciously they're thinking about it. So for you, I'd say you always have to have a handwritten note. Any gift that goes out one-to-one -one, human to human is not automated. It, even if you're help getting help, it has to have the handwritten note. It needs to show up as a just because or at a time they're unexpected yeah. and it needs to have something that's tangible, that's anchoring after the food or the whatever is consumed, that five years from now, they're still thinking about you as they're you know, drinking out of these custom over-the-top whiskey glasses. Yeah. They're that, so you could take what you did, tweak it a little bit, um, maybe filter out some of the people you don't know that well, so you don't know if they're an alcoholic, and, and still leverage the awesome whiskey or whatever else and had it land 100 times differently with maybe not that much more money. So- right. So Feedback just the, on that. Yeah. First of all, uh, I am just feeling like a complete knucklehead, but you know, it's all things podcast, right? So we share, you know, like we're, nobody's perfect. My whole thing, but just for the record, like John, my strategy was we bought this place in October of 2019. We didn't move in until October, November. And I thought to myself, all right, we don't know anybody in this building except for one couple. So what if I just sent this out as a gift and, and just more so just want like the note was like, Hey, we're new to the building. Hope the construction didn't create any problems for you. Hopefully I'll see you down at the dog park. Like that was the note. It was like, you know, just that opportunity to be able to say, Oh yeah, I'm that guy. Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah. We're new in town. Like what's going on? Like, that's all I was thinking. And it totally, I mean, I don't think it failed, but hearing you, I actually think it now failed. No, no, it didn't fail here. So, so there's, there's levels of impact. Yeah. So like, you, there's some people that got it that connected dots are like, wow, that's cool that Tom was thinking of us. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. Like, there's no ex expectation of you doing something. So I wouldn't say it's I would I, I you know like there's some times where we do something and and it is a failure, but if it provides an opportunity to laugh or to have a conversation or whatever else, then was it really yeah. a failure? Probably not. Yeah. But what's what what I challenge people to think is like as they're looking at any part of their business, marketing, relationship building, like. I, I like to say, like, what more can I do? Or how can I make this even better? How can I make the impact even greater? How can I, how can I have a ripple effect that's even, you know, more vast? And so I think, I think people are hard on themselves. And I think it's really one of the reasons that people don't take the time to start doing this. You, you were mentioned before we started recording that, like, you know, my wife hates buying me a gift because she, like, she's like, you're impossible yeah. to buy a gift for. And I'm like, I'm not impossible. I'm just looking at things always through the lens of, like, it, could this have been better? And there's sometimes where no, like people like do things for me. Like one of the one that there's an artist that we now work with 
who made a mug, a thousand dollar mug for me and one for my wife and hand delivered it, drove nine hours and made both my wife and I cry. And the reason they're a thousand bucks is car they call it an artifact mug carved into this piece is my whole legacy, life story, family, faith, uh, tragedies overcome. It's like my, it's like a functional piece of art that reminds me of what matters. Right. And so when somebody does something like that, I'm like, Brad, I don't, I don't know that you can do anything any better than this. Like I've now gifted these to friends and family and clients and all my employees and even billionaires cry when they receive this thing. And it's not about spending more money because I've received more expensive gifts that didn't land. Brad did something for me that was so like in tune and heartfelt and like just landed. So I would say there's always ways to take things and make things better. And, and even I'm always trying to be a student and learn from the way people give me or the way I see other people loving on their relationships to be like, that was really awesome. Like I'm adding that to giftology. Like I've been doing that for 20 years. Yeah. Glenda, I ate it on booze. He also said food, food and booze. Okay. What are you thinking girl power? So, you know, John, um, you know, I think that you have a great point. I think that the client intake form for us is really critical understanding mm. because I do not drink <clears throat> understanding if it's wine or beer or sparkling cider. I think that's very important. Um, my uh, philosophy on food is a little bit different than yours yeah. just because your mother always says, don't take food from a stranger. I think that anytime that you gift food and someone accepts it, you move from being a stranger into being in relationship with them. I think that if you give them food that tastes good, that they associate you with that taste good. My name is also Glenda Baker. So I write <laughs> on baked goods. Um, I did over 10,000 cupcakes last year. Holy um, moly. Do you own a cupcake company? You need to start a cupcake company with, with Glenda. Do you I know. Have, I was going to say, do you own your name I in that not, volume? I do not. be profitable cupcake. from day one. I did um, $50,000 in brownies. I did almost $60,000 in cupcakes. So um, I do a lot <laughs> of food gifting. So I'm going to just reserve the right. I know that you are the expert, but it works with my brand. And I hope that you will give me a little latitude. How about that? Was that packaged well enough, Tom? I love it. I love it. No, it's perfect. So can I speak to that? Why, why yes. it works? Yes. So if you know the people well enough, you know, you probably know them if they're on keto or if their kids, you know, celiac, or if, you're, if they're avoiding sugar for the month of January because they're on some sort of cleanse. So every rule that I have, even alcohol, like I told you, like there's ways to do alcohol if you know the person well enough and then you pair it with something and the handwritten note and the timing. So every rule, like I, I, I actually sent out um, to a bunch of our clients, we partnered with a company that does healthy candy. And we sent it off to like 250 people that had kids that I know like it's struggle when you have kids to find something that they'll eat that's healthy, that doesn't have a bunch of artificial crap and preservatives. And we didn't send like one bag. We sent like a case and said, hey, from one family, from one dad to another, from one, you know, one family to the other, handwritten note out of the blue. It was a huge hit. So I, I even break my own rules, but it's like anything else. When you get intentional with why you're doing it and you understand the people that you're giving it to, and it's a part of an overall campaign where you're still doing like the Jamie Foxx behind the scenes. Like most people want to check the box at Christmas and do their peanut brittle to everybody and not put any thought into it or the brownies or whatever else. You're being very intentional and strategic with it as a part of an overall relationship plan. 
that's why it's so like anything can be made right if you're willing to put the thought and energy and effort into it and invest the right way. I mean, how many people you said 50 and 60 grand, that's $110,000 just in those two things. I don't think most, I don't think even the top one tenth of a percent of realtors are investing that much in their entire relationship building program. And you're doing it just on two different baked goods. Like that is mind blowing. That is wonderful. I will, when we hang out, I'll give you a high five because you're actually, you're investing at the level that we're talking about and being as intentional as we're talking about. And because of that, you're being rewarded at a high level. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to tear down the brownies or the cupcakes. Keep doing what you're doing. Cause it's awesome. Well, you, yeah. you saying your thoughtful thoughts, be thoughtful when you're thinking about people. And I think that that's, what's really critical because you're exactly right. If we have somebody who's on keto or we know somebody who's like working a healthy lifestyle, I always tease them and say, you know, I wanted to send you broccoli, but it just doesn't package as well. And so really we acknowledge that, but everything that we do is with a handwritten note and, and it's not about me again, it's about their lifestyle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's powerful. I'm so glad Glenda that you decided to come on um, and Tom for this is, this is spectacular. It's so cool. I knew there would be, and I love, I mean, you know, so Glenda, you have made it wonderful. I still feel like I totally screwed up, but you know what? I am a lifetime learner, brother. So I that's that's why I've gone through your book so many times. I'm just like, oh man, I could have done this better, that better, this better. But that's what, hey, if you're listening to this right now, that's what you're all about. So, so you know, let's go back to the seven steps. Who, you know, who is the key relationship? Playing the long game, timing matters, because a lot of Glenda's mastermind and a lot of our clients have switched away from end of the year to love on this group. And then the next month in January, then the next month in February, then March and April, right, Glenda? So I want to talk a little more about that. You said 5 to 15% of your net budget is, is sort of the, the range that people should expect, right? Playing the long game. What's four through seven? Yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of it is diving into the, the, the levels of personalization. The, the inner circle to me yeah. is where most people completely miss out. The reason that we love things that go into the kitchen is because breaking bread, like you can't have dinner with everybody all the time. And especially in a pandemic or COVID or whatever else, like right. getting FaceTime is, is way more difficult. And so anytime you can put something into the hub of the house in the kitchen where it's including the kids or it's including, you know, the spouse or it's including the pets or whatever else, like that inner circle for us, when we're segmenting out our budget, 80%. So like my, my gifting budget last year was 640 grand for John Ruland personally. 80% of that is targeted at that inner circle. People are like, what do you talk? Like I'll ask clients like, Hey, do you know that your sp the spouse's name? Do you know the assistant's name? They're like, no, no, no. I, I know this guy likes bourbon. I know this guy likes golf. I'm like, the, that person gets that kind of stuff all the time. If they, if, if it's a common hot button of golf, like you can only use one driver at a time. And a lot of these guys, you know, have like three pairs of shoes or sunglasses or whatever else. So like when we're segmenting out where to invest money and actually have impact, doing it the, the way that most people do it, I'm, I'm coming at, at it from a different way. And so the inner circle piece to me, if I was a realtor and like I would be documenting pets names and, and breeds and, you know, like ages and birthdays and even more so than the actual client themselves, because the client, like, you know, the financial advisors and all these guys, they all have that same kind of common database and getting the birthday cards but the pets aren't, 
or the pets aren't being included in things. So the inner circle to me is one of the critical pieces of what you're doing there and, and having the documentation to be able to include it. Now, it, there, there's like different levels of that. Like if you're doing, you know, like, you know, glassware or the knife set or whatever else, like you can do things and blanket people. Most people are going to eat or entertain or food. But if you're going to take it down to the another level of like kids and, and sending healthy treats or pets and sending things for the pets, like that's another level. And I wouldn't recommend necessarily starting there, like start making documentation if you're a realtor or really any, you know, relationship builder. Um, but understanding the, the inner circle to me is like one of the, the, the key components in segmenting that out. So, so I wrote down personalization and inner circle sort of being in combination of let's just keep be, be a teacher for a couple more minutes. What else, what else is on that list of seven? Well, I think most people, um, when you're dealing with Apple and people that can go buy whatever they want, most people are like, Hey, Apple's, you know, like I want to buy a watch, you know? So they, they decide, Hey, for my team or for my clients, I'm going to buy a yeah. watch for everybody. And they're like, Hey, they, they, you know, like, Hey, we're, our budget's $500. We're going to go buy these like Seiko watches for everybody. And what they don't realize is that all of their clients are wearing Rolexes or Breitlings. And right. in their head, they're thinking, I'm being really, really like, it's practical. It's, it, we're not going to put our logo on it. But buying something that's best in class in that category makes all the difference. I would rather receive as you know, a recipient of a gift, and your clients are this way too. I'd rather receive a $120 luggage tag than a $500 watch. Why? Because I would never go buy a luggage tag for 120 bucks. But if I got one that was handmade with leather and brass, whatever else for my wife and I and my kids to put on our bags, we'd probably use them because it'd be the nicest luggage tag I've ever seen. Whereas the $500 watch, as nice as it might be, I'm not taking the Rolex off and putting on your watch. Unless there's some crazy story that goes along with it that's just so amazing that's going to inspire me to remove something. So I think when people are shopping and they're trying to take care of their relationships, they don't realize that going all in and doing something that's, I call it a practical luxury. When they're shopping, they need to buy, find something in a category that they can go and be like, 10% or a hundred percent or a thousand percent better than anybody else. It's why the silly knives have worked. Most people have a knife set, even in these million dollar homes, it's like the old Henkel set they, they got at the wedding for 13 years ago or whatever else, you know, like the reason the mug works, most people have, you know, a $6 mug from China that they drink out of. And you go and send that person who's wearing a $50,000 watch or whatever, you Louis Vuitton luggage and you send them a thousand dollar mug that tells their life story. They'll ball. They've never seen anything. They've never been treated that way. So going best in class to me is a huge thing when you're thinking about impact. Like that's how you can have less of a budget and impact more is by going into a completely different category. All right. What's the last and one? And then I'll, the, the other thing that I'll say, and this ties back to personalization, but this is like once you've kind of determined the item, the personalization, whatever else, the note itself is more important than the gift. Here's why, like it, I, we're, we're all crave for connection. We're all crave for meaning, for intimacy, all these different things. Yeah. And so, so many times people are like, hey, can't we just like automate it or type it out or have a one line note? And I'm like, when you think about when you get something from somebody and somebody took the time to really pour out their heart into a note. And, and we get this question a lot when, when people are dealing with like, you know, the military or the Department of Defense or a city government, They're like, John, we can't, we do gifts, but we can't. And I'm like, the reason we spend $9 on our letterhead, it's a sheet of steel, costs nine bucks, handwrite on it with a Sharpie. The reason we invest that is when somebody gets a handwritten note that somebody really put time, energy, and thought into, you can tell. And there's been actually all kinds of studies done where if you would take that note and go read it to the person in person, 
they're likely to cry and you're likely to cry. Why? Because as, as human beings, like gratitude and generosity and pouring out our heart to somebody and being vulnerable is a really like, you know, like Brene Brown, these other people have talked about and studied and whatever else. But to me, like, and I love Glenda that you, even with the brownies or whatever else, handwritten note, like to me, that's what provides the story, the meaning, the context, you know, that's what lets them know. I wasn't sending you this to get anything. I wasn't sending this to, because it was your birthday. I was sending this to you because of the relationship. I was thinking of you. Or the only other time that I'll, I'll, will recommend for somebody to send a gift, um, you know, is, is a, uh, is to thank somebody for their most valuable asset that they'll never get anything back from. And that's their time. When you, when you acknowledge somebody's time, like I, I do this on airplanes all the time. If I'm sitting with somebody first class, wherever else have a great conversation, might even only be five minutes. We'll exchange cards. I'll send them like a three, $400, like, you know, a couple knives engraved with their, 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 their name, spouse's name, maybe their favorite quote from Ronald Reagan, whatever. I'm thanking them for carving out the time. Somebody's like, I gave you five minutes and you sent me a $400 gift it melts their circuits. And I'm like, your time's probably worth $10,000 an hour. So I actually feel like I gained in being able to do a dialogue by the phone, FaceTime, Zoom, in-person, whatever else. So I think that being able to understand context and being able to show people that you're not just lip service, but that you're for real. And that's really the cool thing about the tangible element of gifting and relationship building is it's a tangible trigger and reminder that somebody took time, energy and resources to not just talk about relationships, but to actually show people that they're not just a talker, they're a doer. And then the cool thing with it, if it it does have anchor or artifact value, three years from now, you're still getting that subconscious trigger. And people are like, John, how are you still getting, like, like, how are these media opportunities happening? All these other things. I'm like, I have so many people out there that are being triggered with positive emotions to giftology that that are opening doors and going places I could never go. And when you do that over the course of 20 years, like you have this arsenal of people. I mean, you think of Todd Herman who introduced you and I, Tom, right, like right. he's going, like he could do a lot of things. He's got kids and books and kids books yep. and speaking all the world and coaching professional athletes, but he went out of his way to open the door for us to connect. Yeah. What's that worth? It's, it, it, I mean, who knows, but it could be worth right. tens of thousands, hundred thousand millions. Like it, it's, it's un, an unlimited value yeah. based upon somebody and, and Todd, somebody, we both have shown up for each other, you know, when our back's in the corner, when somebody shows up and, and has our back, like, and that's right, you know, like, in some ways, the, the silver lining of the pandemic is it provides opportunity for most people to back away. And the people that are crushing it right now are the people that have leaned in and say, I'm doubling down on relationships, I'm doubling down on generosity. And really the core of the whole giftology system, yes. like, you don't need, you don't need a gifting agency to do it. You could take our whole playbook, tweak it to who you are, follow the recipe to a T and go do this. Like that's what gets me excited is anybody, any sales rep, I have college kids that are reaching out, implementing this to get mentors and advisors and with their professors and like people all the time, like I don't have the budget to do it. I'm like, as a 20 year old farm kid paying for med school, I I budgeted $500 a month for this. If I can do it and other college kids can do it, then you have like, Check your Netflix bill and your bar tabs and your like, right, I don't right. care. Don't, don't tell me you don't have a budget. Like if you're in America right now, you have the ability to do this. And even if it's just getting really nice paper and writing really thoughtful handwritten notes, like there's zero excuse to not be implementing this in your relationship building. I don't care who you are. Yeah, I love it. All right, Glenda, rapid fire. Anything you want to ask? What's on your mind? Um, 
So you talk a lot about the trigger. And I think that that's something that a lot of people miss because if you have, you want to be able to stay in front of them, not with your logo, but with a memory that reminds them that you created it. That's why I think that the picture in the picture frame is really good. Yeah. If you weren't doing food or alcohol, what, what would be your, the kitchen is your hub. So let's kind of think through, is that, is that where you're looking to gift or, or tell me something, tell me something besides a picture or a picture frame, work with me, unpack that for me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I, if you looked at our budget last year for, for gifting the 640, 400 grand of that was knives. Now, the reason is, is, is it, it's tied back to breaking bread. It's tied to from one family to the other, and especially during a pandemic when people aren't able to go out to dinner as much and like they're, they're, they're in their home with their family and their close loved ones and whatever else. I want to do something for them that they're going to use every day. It's why I like the mugs. Uh, the artifact mugs are wonderful because most people drink coffee or tea every day. Even Jeffrey Gittimer, I did one for because he loves ice cream. I made one, one of the oversized mugs. Yeah. And then I sent him 50 pints of his favorite ice cream in a freezer that was a Haagen-Dazs freezer. It took me two years to track down. He's like, John, the freezer was awesome. I love memorabilia. I love the ice cream. This mug is insane. I'll use it every day. I'm going to eat my ice cream or whatever out of this crazy mug every single day. And every time I use it, there's no giftology. I'm going to think of that person. So I like things in the, the hub of the kitchen because most people hang out with other people that are like them, their family, their friends, their there are other people that are referral opportunities. So when one CEO is having dinner, like we just did this for a uh, CEO of a big oil and gas services company in Austin. We had a call. She was going to bring me in to speak for YPO, found out she loved Brene Brown. So I sent her a set of eight of these steak knives, $1,000. Her name was on the front of them. It was all Brene Brown quotes on the back. She could go buy her own stupid knives. Right. But when she saw that, she's like, John, in the month of December, I sold you more than your entire team sold you. Every person that came over to my house or came to my office, I showed them and said, this is, this is relationship building. This is how you, you, you stick into somebody's mind. This is how you get like stay, engage people and, and get people to go advocate for you. Like she was like, she was, she was just out of her mind. She's like, John, like what you, the fact that you picked up on the Brene Brown thing and then like incorporated that into a way for me to think about you. And I've had, I've had people reach out to our clients say, whether I want to think about you or not, I have to because I'm using the knife, the mug, the $700 wine tool, the whatever. And it's not about the dollar amount, but it is the best in ca class category combined with the personalization, combined with like the pandemic showed us we don't need more crap. Like right. Goodwill had a mile long like line of cars because people had all this time and they went through their house and they got rid of all the trinkets and trash and whatever else. What did they keep? They keep things that they really love that are like the one jacket or the one pair of shoes or the whatever. Like there's certain things you're, like, you're never going to get rid of because it's your favorite. But, if, but one of my, my uh, best friends and advocates is Joey Coleman who wrote Never Lose a Customer. And his stories are amazing, whatever else. Like he's like, John, the reason I love your like the knives or whatever else, he's like, they're an artifact of the relationship. Like if somebody's house is on fire, they're only going to be able to gather a handful of things. What do they gather? The most expensive things? No. They gather the things that have a story, a relationship attached. Maybe it's their dad's flag who served in the military. Maybe it's what, like your artifact mug and those sorts of things aren't the most expensive things in the house. It's oftentimes pictures, to your guy's point. 
It's pictures with your family. It's things that you value because of the story and the meaning behind them. And to me, in 2021, as human beings, there are certain things that are still very common amongst all humans, whether you make 20 grand a year or $20 million a year, and celebrating and breaking bread in the kitchen is about as universal as it gets. And so if I can tie something and anchor something there that's lasting, it's game over. I love it. I may die right now. <laughs> You're going to have to hook me up with Joey Coleman, by the way. Well, I'll text you. I'll text you when we're done, but I, I definitely want to get him on my podcast. Oh, that's it. Done. Like I, I, I'll, I'll fill out the, the form for him. I'll like sign seal delivered. I, Joey and I were just on a call right before this with a group of other, we call it like they're other givers yeah. um, that are in multiple industries. Like he's one of my best friends. He's amazing. Love it. Love it. So Glenda, we got time for one more question and then we got to bounce. We got to stay on track here. What do you got? Um, well, I'd love for you to come and do a clubhouse with me, but I would probably be a little bit too presumptive to ask that right here in front of everybody. Uh, but if you'd like to, I certainly could set that up. Uh, I'm in. You, you, oh, my you, God. Yeah, I'm in. You've brought enough value to this call, the ripple effect of this for so many people, like to come on for 30 minutes and talk or and answer questions or whatever else, like done. Yes. Nice. So much. I'll send you an email and set that up. I probably, I think the thing that I would probably ask is when you're, um, when you're, when you're gifting and you're talking about that inner circle, you talked a little bit about um, the family. And then you also talked a little bit about um, like, let's call it the uh, D rock and Gary's people. So yeah. when you're going to go deep on that inner circle, does it depend on if the relationship is personal or business, which inner circle you can bring in? Um, I, so what I would say is that I don't recommend taking care of somebody's kids unless you have a personal relationship or have a relationship with them. Yep. So sometimes people are like, Hey, I want to go whale hunting. We're going to do this big prospecting campaign to recruit people or whatever else. And they're like, Hey, the kids names is whatever. I'm like, if you never talked to or met this person, kids are off limits. Okay. spouses, if they're a public figure aren't off limits, because typically they're out in the public eye and whatever else. So like, that's fair game. And their team, in my opinion, is always fair game because they're in the business setting. And oftentimes they're like treated like the gatekeeper. They're treated like, you know, like D-Rock is one of the kindest human beings on the planet. Like he is like, I just love the guy. Like I, I've never asked him to do anything with Gary. Like I, because he, he's the person It's like somebody going to Aubrey Marcus and to get to Joe Rogan, like they're, they just, that happens nonstop. It's annoying as all get out. But I have a videographer that works basically full-time for me. And I'm like, D-Rock, would you consider helping mentor my guy? Like not for free, like we just help. And he's like, dude, I'd, I'd love to, to do that. And you know, like, I'm like, Hey, who do you need to take care of? Can we do some gifts for your family, your mom or whatever? She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, let's send him some knives. He's like, Oh my gosh, it'd be amazing. Now. Um, so to me, like, it's more about like making sure that you're not doing a quid pro quo. You're not doing something that asking for something. But to me, the only really off limits are, you know, doing something for somebody's kids, unless you have a relationship of some sort at that point, it's more of a matter of like intent and doing things and making the deposits, no strings attached and doing it the right way. Now there are going to be times like, and like anything that's unique or different, you're going to push the envelope. You're going to do something for somebody's spouse. And they'll be like, why, why did they do that? Why did they include me in that? It tends to be why, like if I'm doing something for a spouse or whatever else, I like something that's more family oriented, like the knives versus like a handbag for somebody's wife or 
you know, whatever for somebody's husband. Like, I don't want to confuse, like, like one of the companies we're talking about partnering with is this really high-end pajama company. It's like comfortable pajamas for women specifically called Lunia. And my team, a lot of them are women that are married and they're like, you know, it, it, like what's the proper context? You don't want to do anything around like Valentine's day. Cause you send somebody's like, like pajamas. So there are times when you can miscommunicate by without the right context and, and you can have epic fail. So, but I, but I think in general, if you think through strategically and you take care of either the business inner circle or the home inner circle, and you do it the right way with a relationship, 99 out of hundred times, it's going to be like, Oh my gosh, this, this is the most thoughtful thing. They're the hero to their family. Like everybody wins in those scenarios there. You might get one out of a hundred though. They're like, this is weird. Why'd you do something for my family? This is weird. Why'd you do something for my kid? And, and I talk about this in the book, like you could send out a hundred Ferraris and there'd be at least two or three jokers. that would be like, Oh, I hate yellow. Why did you give me yellow? I wish it was red. Like right. you're like, if you do something at scale, you have to have enough thick skin to be able to say, you know what? Like nobody died, went to prison. Like they didn't like the gift I sent. Okay. That's if that's the worst thing that happens today, like I'm okay with that. And I'm going to focus on the 97 that loved it versus three who didn't, it didn't land perfectly. That's it. I love it, man. This has been really, really fun, John. And I mean, having, you know, uh, I I mean, Glenda, just in the last couple of weeks, I've talked about John and this book so many times that I'm, I'm assuming all my coaching clients have already bought a copy of the book. I'm just, just as much as I've talked about it. So, but it's been really fun just to interact with you, talk about my epic fails, or now I'm actually feeling a little bit better because somebody drank the bourbon and one of my buddies, Adam is now, is like, you're the one that sent me that. Oh man, this is great. Let's, you know, so it, it has landed in a positive way. I'm sure I offended some people, but I can live with that. The 97.3, you're exactly right. Glenda, I'm so glad that in that random moment during the seminar, I'm like talking about something like, Glenda, you should just come be on the podcast with me. Right? I was like, like, he did not just random. say that. Yes. A couple thousand people watching John and I'm like, Glenda, you understand this. Come join me. She's like, I'm going to read that book. And then you guys, the, your mastermind was already in it. So it was perfect. So John, as we, as we wrap this, uh, what's the best way for people to reach you? Is it on Instagram? Is, you want to give out an email address? I can give them your home address. Just kidding. Right. So what do you, uh, what do you want to do if somebody wants to reach out and find out more? I know if they just Google your name, they're going to see everything, but what's the best place? Yeah. I mean, if you want to follow and just from afar, I think Instagram is probably the best place to you know, just add John Rulin. Um, if you want to email, you know, questions or, you know, you want help with training or speaking or consulting or, you know, the agency side of doing it with, uh, with a company or an agent, john at giftologygroup.com is my direct email. I don't, you know, you don't want me handling the details of the plan. I'm the, the big idea guy, but I'll, I'll make a, a direct connection to one of our giftologists to talk about like, Hey, here's what the execution fees are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I would say that, um, that follow me on, that on Instagram, we're putting out fun, you know, fun case studies and stories and, you know, sharing behind the scenes on, uh, on stuff there. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening again. And as always, I'd love to see the comments on this, whether it's on Tom Ferry, YouTube, or whatever place you're listening to podcasts. But John, thank you. Glenda, thank you so much. And uh, I'll look forward to talking to you both real soon. Thanks everybody out there for watching or listening. Take care. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash 
podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.